We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. We've got a lot to get into today in terms of college ball. We're going to get into our headline of the week, and then we're going to recap some games that we previewed last week, and then we'll have some games for you to watch for this upcoming week of college ball. Cal, you ready? Cree, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Our headline of the week. No team is safe. Uh, the updated rankings came out this week, and there was a lot of movement. Um, we're going to talk about maybe our thoughts on that uh, in a second. But the biggest movers in the rankings, in case you guys missed it, Colorado, USC, NC State all moved up a lot of spaces. I think Colorado went up like 11 or something like that. Or 15. No, they moved up 15 spots in the rankings. Um, USC moved up 11 spots. NC State is now ranked 14. Um, Ole Miss went down. There's a lot, a lot of movement overall. South Carolina's number one again. Um, maybe just like initial thoughts on all this movement after the first week of college basketball. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's it's a lot different than you know some of the years past going back. I don't know five ten years when you talk about UConn going 40 and 0 and beating everyone by double digits and. You kind of know what you're getting from the top of the country. And now you don't. There's so much more parity because I think the talent pool is deeper. And we talked about the freshman fire last week. And when you look at the freshman yes, class, we did. and, and <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing that term back up every as, as much as I can. And, and just across the country, there's so much talent that the talent isn't really concentrated with just the top two or three teams anymore. And so there are so many other teams that on any given night can knock off someone ahead of them in the rankings. I forget what the stat was. I wish I had it off the top of my head. The last time the top two teams in the preseason AP poll lost before the next poll came out. That's what we had with LSU and UConn, number one and number two, both going down. 
it's it's phenomenal for the sport i think and for entertainment value and for us at home watching is just so unpredictable and uh, sign me up i'm so here for it yeah i'm like trying to pull up the stat because i know it was from across the timeline i think they posted it um oh scrolling yeah scrolling. <laughs> i should have talked longer to distract you or to I know, not right? distract, what's the word uh to distract our listeners to to stall <laughs> I, I didn't know it was across. Shout out to across the timeline, by the way. That's what I'll do to stall. Shout them out. They <laughs> do amazing work on Twitter and their website. Go look that up. Uh, there's all sorts of data on the AP poll and on different stats and things like that. As a stats website, we should shout out other stats websites. So across the timeline. Okay, here we go. Good stuff. Are you there? It. Can I stop stalling? I got it. Okay. I got it. I got it. No more stalling now. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it says last time the number one and number two ranked teams in the AP women's basketball poll both fell in the second poll was November 16, 1998. The 90s. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't even a thought, so like just to put that in ago. perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that. There's a stat for you. Shout out across the timeline. I knew it was, I remember retweeting a bunch of it, so I had to. Had to get that up. But yeah, no, that's crazy. A lot of movement. Um, and let's talk about some of these teams too. Let's start with Tennessee. Um, they lost to FSU last week by one point. They regained the win on Monday night in Memphis versus Memphis in overtime. But there's one kind of stipulation, and that is Rakia Jackson did not play in the game. Um, as we know, she started out the season absolutely balling, um, even though they did lose by one point. That was a pretty exhilarating game. Are we worried, Cal? Like, it's Cora Hall uh, reported that she's like day to day with a leg injury, that she's been in and out of practice. Um, is this something that maybe we should be worried about with Tennessee? I'm going to say yes and no. And, uh, you know, everyone who listens to this knows that I always, <laughs> I always do this, but okay. The other stipulation that I would give on these two games is that Florida state is very good, very good basketball team in Memphis. New coach, Alex Simmons looks like they're up and coming and looks like she is going to have them really on the rise and, and be a great coach for them. So, I wouldn't look at those and be like, wow, the sky is falling. If you're Tennessee, like how did you lose one and go to overtime in the other one? They did blow a lead in Memphis, which or against Memphis, which wasn't great. Like you said, without Rakia Jackson, she should come back, right? Based on that report, like it doesn't sound like it's anything long-term. So, which is big because she's a possible lottery pick depending on who does or doesn't use their COVID year and what this draft class looks like. Huge part of what they do on both sides of the ball, but to me, the bigger worry is just like, this isn't a new thing for them. When you look at the last few years, I think Tennessee has been sort of underwhelming when you talk about their talent and their preseason expectations and then the results, especially early in the season that we end up seeing. And I, is it going to be different? I don't know. Uh, the jury's still out. But to me, I would if I were a Tennessee fan, that's the yes part for me is that I would be more concerned about how much of a trend this is becoming for this program under Kelly Harper than I would be about any one or two specific results against good teams and or Rakia Jackson's injury. 
Yeah. Um, and I guess also even on that note too, just like if she does end up entering the draft for next year, like maybe is this what this team looks like without her? Is this something that they kind of try to have to figure out? Um, but they moved four spots down in the rankings. So not too, too bad. Um, we'll see what the rest of their schedule looks up, looks like in this next coming week. And if we have some more, uh, worries to talk about or if they end up being fine and she ends up coming back something like that we'll see we're we're really big on overreactions on this podcast and statements so uh, we'll see how it goes but yeah no i think i agree with that too um and even just like reading cora's work too i think she has like similar sentiments and obviously covers the team very closely so yeah be a little bit worried but not too worried um obviously never ever want a player to be injured and especially early in the season when you're still trying to kind of figure out like lineups and things like that. Um, it does, can, it can get a bit difficult. Another result, another, well, I don't know. I'll call it an upset, but uh, NC state defeats UConn 92 to 81. Um, and because of that, they have shot up to number 14 in the rankings up 12 spots. Uh, Cal, what's your main takeaway from that? And I think UConn didn't even drop that much, to be honest. After that, they dropped like, oh, they oh they dropped six spots. Okay, eh, I guess so. But what are, what's your main takeaway on that game? First off, I love that you sort of hesitated and thought, well, is it an upset? Like, it, it is an upset, but I, it, to me, like when, when people when, when we see results like this and a good team beats a maybe even better team, and people just like freak out and like. OMG, I'm so shocked. Like, uh, uh, maybe that this other team is also just good at basketball. So I love what you yeah. did there. But my main takeaway we love We question. love a Hezzy. <laughs> we love a Hezzy. Oh, a Hezzy. Exactly. Speaking of Hezzies, <laughs> uh, my main takeaway, Sanaya Rivers, obviously, is the main takeaway from this game. Let's throw up these highlights courtesy of Mark Schindler. Thank you, Mark, for helping us out this week. She yes, had 33-10, I got a little tidbit for you here Cree. one other player in the her hoop stats era so going back to 2009 has put up that stat line 33 10 5 3 and 3 we have talked about her on this podcast before it was back in i think 09 or, or 2010 it was way way back over a decade ago alicia okay. clark middle wow. tennessee put up this stat line no one's done it since it's been a long time but look at these highlights look at her, her mid-range game, her, her midi, her pull-up, she's in the bag on that. Uh, and when you I, – I don't know if we had any defense. I can't remember if Mark put any on here. But there's there's some defense right there, right on cue. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> go, go watch on YouTube if you're not. There's the one, though, that I can't remember made it in here, this block that she had where she let – I think it was AZ Fudd that she left in the corner. So maybe got a little bit lucky that Lee Edwards didn't find AZ wide open in the perimeter. But she left AZ – Came came over and got this weak side block that uh, just really showed off her athleticism because she's six one. She could jump. By the way, she took the jump ball for NC State, which I think is another thing that speaks to her athleticism that Westmore has her doing that. What I'm going to be interested in is that little midi right there that you just saw. What that looks like all year because it looked so good, so smooth in this game. But if you look on paper, the last couple years. It, it wasn't as good. And obviously there's, I think the one three that she made, that's a part of her game that she needs to expand, which, which I'm really watching for this year, but even the mid range last couple of years, under 30% on that area of the floor, she was over two in their first game for mid range. And all of a sudden against UConn, she was like 99 for a hundred. So 
it, it looks good. She's shooting 80% from the free throw line. Obviously, she has that ability. I'm interested to see how consistent it is, both from the mid-range and if she can expand her game more past the three-point line. Because if she can, she is going to be wildly dangerous for defenses this year. Yeah, and I liked it when, when Holly Rowe asked her on the sideline, kind of basically like, if, are they afraid of UConn? And she was kind of just like, no, we're here to hoop. So uh, they are. And I think that's also a really big takeaway from a lot of these like quote unquote upsets in the first opening week of college basketball is that like all of these teams are good. Like they're all just there to play basketball. And like it's that's why I kind of also hesitate when I say upset, because as we know, it's not really always an upset. Like to me at this point, it has to be like, a really, really low ranked or unranked team that is like not that is struggling or something like that. And they, if they pull off like some incredible game against one of the, one of the higher uh, teams in the country. Sure. I'm okay with calling that an upset, but I think right now there are a lot of really good teams. And like we kind of talked about where it's like, it's not really that you have one team dominating everybody else is that there is a lot more parity. So it's just kind of exciting to watch. Um, yeah. Like it's just fun. Um Last thing on the weekly rankings, since we talked so much about them, as we know, the voters vote and every week the rankings come out. How many grains of salt do we need to take with these rankings? Because like, although they can be helpful to maybe more casual fans who are trying to stay up to date with like what teams are doing every week, I think like as with every type of voting, there is a little bit of biases and things like that that come into play, especially within like the first couple weeks of college basketball where everything is still kind of moving around. Things are new. Players are coming in for the first time, things like that. Um, yeah. How how should we approach these rankings, Cal? I'm, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm unscrewing the lid on the salt shaker and I'm, <laughs> I'm pouring it on. That's That's the grains of salt. Uh, that's that's how I view these rankings, especially this time of year, <laughs> because when you look across the the vote, no, I'm pool, sorry, you have to. If you're listening to us on audio, please make the switch to YouTube because this is absolutely incredible. Or listen to us on to, audio and watch on YouTube. <laughs> maybe we need to edit with like a clip art thing of a salt shaker. Uh, oh God, yes. <laughs> look, look at the voter pool. I, it's it's so there, there's a lot of different people in terms of what their role is and how they're connected to women's basketball. And so you have national analysts, you have local analysts, you have people who basically only focus on women's basketball. You have people who focus on five different sports, including women's basketball. And this time of year, they're focusing more on football. And to be honest with you, they're probably not watching any of these games. And so when you put all of those voters together in one pool, and then we're not even talking about really what are these rankings supposed to mean? Like, is this how you've played so far or is this how you would expect them to play going forward? Like if someone gets hurt and you expect them to not play as well, should you move them down in the rankings? Like there's not really a sort of a guideline, at least like, like criteria. That, yeah. Yeah. Like a criteria. So that, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you for, for saving me. Um, You're welcome. So it's like, it's, it's just all over the place. And there's so many people coming out from so many different perspectives and overreacting to everything this time of year, which so are we. Okay, cool. It's fun. But 
with with rankings, sometimes you need to pump the brakes a little bit. And yeah, so, those I, those hold way more weight than us just like shooting the right on this podcast. Uh, here, like no one cares what we think. The rankings are like that's on <laughs> the, your number gets put on TV. Actually, okay, people care what you think, but <laughs> when you're on TV and that number gets put on there, like people people take that into account with stuff, you know. So. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just rambling. I just think like if the 19th best team beats the 14th best team like that, like you said, maybe that's not enough. Said. Maybe the 19th best team actually is the 14th best team and they're just misranked. Some teams that aren't ranked right now probably should be ranked. Some teams that are ranked maybe aren't in the top 25. It's just all over the place. And I think the sooner that the general, this probably isn't even just a women's basketball thing, honestly, just the whole sports community figures out that the AP poll doesn't necessarily always rank the, but the best 25 teams in the country. Sometimes it's just wrong. I think, I think we'll be a little bit better off. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you make a lot of really valid points there that are, you know, specific to college basketball, but also just sports in general. Like you said, um, I think voting systems could always use some improvement and some grains of salt, or in this case, the entire thing of salt, uh, container of salt, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our, our thoughts on our headline of the week that not every team is safe, especially in the first two weeks of college basketball. Things are always going to be changing um, as you know, teams continue to gel and play together and knock on wood, hopefully stay healthy. Um, then things will become a little bit more clear in terms of like where teams are actually going to be sitting at and maybe the expectations that we should be having for them. Um, but yeah, that's our thoughts on the weekly rankings. We'll see what happens in this next week of college basketball. We're going to have more to talk about in that. But coming up next, we're going to be doing my favorite segment, uh, Coasting Through College. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right. Let's coast to college. Coast through college. Wow. Almost got that perfectly. Um, 
we got three games that we talked about last week as our games to watch. Iowa versus Virginia Tech, Maryland versus South Carolina, and Indiana versus Stanford. And luckily, we have a lot to talk about in each game. So we'll start with Iowa and Virginia Tech. Um, Cal, like you said last week, you were really excited about the guard matchup um, between Caitlin Clark and Georgia Amor. And man, oh man, did they deliver. Uh, Caitlin Clark finished with 44 points. Um, Georgia Amor finished with 31. Um, yeah. What did, like what did you think? Did that kind of reach your expectations of the guard matchup that you were looking forward to? It did. So much fun. So much fun watching this matchup. And they both how excited he is. I love how excited <laughs> I he is right now. Get so <laughs> excited with this game. stuff. Yeah. It's it's just it brings me so much joy. And they played all 40 minutes. Both of them played all 40 minutes. I think the box score says that Georgia Amor played 39 minutes and 58 seconds. Maybe she sat for two seconds at some point. I'm not really sure, but they effectively, for two seconds. yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's about. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's correct or not, but they basically played all 40 minutes, which is exactly what I think we as fans deserved. 40 minutes of Georgia Amor and Caitlin Clark. My takeaway from this game, people are going to hate this. That's fine. I don't hate Iowa's defense. I don't think it's that bad. Everyone loves to hate on Iowa's defense. I'm not saying it's elite. I'm not saying it's even remotely in the same like area code as South Carolina's defense. But I don't think it's completely terrible. It used to be terrible when Caitlin Clark first got to college or her freshman year. I think their defense was awful. But Lisa Bluter is a really intelligent basketball coach. It, like, look at the South Carolina game plan last year for perfect example. She's one of two coaches I've seen walk the dog. If uh, if you, if people don't know what walk the dog is, go look up walk the dog. It's like when the clock is is still like the shot clock hasn't started, but the regular clock's going. And they roll the ball out, and it's like an intelligent thing I see in the NBA sometimes. I've only seen two coaches do it in women's college basketball. She's one of them, so she obviously knows. You know, uh, she's got that sort of that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She it's interesting coaches... that you say that because now that I think about it, I don't have. You're right. Like I see it in the NBA, and I don't really feel like I've seen it that much in like women's basketball overall. Which yeah, is very interesting. It, it hasn't for some reason like reached this level yet, but but I have seen her do it, and so there's just so many examples uh, of her sort of using the cerebral side of the game to beat people. And when you look at Iowa's defense, like, no, they don't have five lockdown defenders. They don't have an elite rim protector. This isn't like an extremely defensive, talented group, but Lisa Bluter is smart and she knows how to game plan for people. And she knows specifically that you want opponents. It's 2023. We know how analytics work. You want opponents taking mid range shots this is where I have to put up this chart in uh, shout out CBB analytics. This is we were joking. We need to hide behind this chart because it looks weird. <laughs> we we're joking about this when we were off air. I don't even know which direction I'm going. Look at this chart, though. So it's if you're weird. <laughs> yeah, this is right? very it's, entertaining. It's so, it's so <laughs> we'll awkward. see which yeah, one people. Works. This is how we get people to go to YouTube from Spotify being weirdos <laughs> like this. So uh, look at the chart. Uh, and again, go to YouTube to see this. There, it's circles. For, it's a shot chart. So in the middle at the rim, this is Virginia Tech's shot chart from this game. And at the middle, 
at the rim, it's red. Around the three-point line, it's red. Red is good. They shot really well from those two places. Look at all the mid-range, though, in between. It's blue, freezing cold. And they took so many shots from there. Add that up. They took 26 mid-range shots. Only made six of them on this chart. And that's what Iowa wants you to do. Iowa wants you to take these pull-up mid-range jumpers that, like, Georgia Amor is going to knock some down. Fine. You tip your cap. Like, first play of the game, uh, Rose Mishaw took one off the dribble, missed uh, exactly the shot that Iowa wanted them to take. I think Debbie Antonelli said that on air. And to me, I think Iowa is a team that can at least have a sort of, I should probably take this down now. It's getting awkward. Uh, (laughs) Sort of competent defense. Right, right. I I think Iowa can have a competent defense enough to carry their obviously otherworldly offense by just being the smarter team on the court uh, and based on that shot chart. I mean, you can see that's what we saw in this game. I like that. Um, also, this is a weird random thought, but my brain works in mysterious ways. When I looked at that chart, my brain uses red as like bad other than good. So then when you were like, oh, it's actually the good part where they shot well, I was like, wait a second. Might need to adjust <laughs> to see how this that's a good point, chart actually Because usually it's like green is good, red is bad. But I think the point yeah. is like hot and cold, you know, like red yeah, is like yeah. hot. Blue yeah. Once you cold, said freezing but... cold for blue, I was like, yeah. oh. But I stayed yeah, silent. You're right, though. I, I feel I, that. I let you, I let you, I let you uh, spit your game um, on their defense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you. Gave you, gave you your moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that it like, yeah, I'm glad that it reached our expectations. It was very, a very fun game to watch. Um, the next two games were kind of statement wins. Uh, we'll start with Maryland and South Carolina. It was funny. Oh, my God. I can't even remember who wrote it, but I was saw somebody post a screenshot on Twitter about just, like, a weekly recap of the teams, and someone wrote that, like, South Carolina looks like a team that needs to be, like, in the WNBA or might as well be in the WNBA or something like that. And I guess, like, that just kind of begs the question, how good are they going to be this year? Because we went from their rebuilding because they lost five of their starters to – hold on a second they've now had very two convincing wins against two very good teams um so yeah cal like how good is south carolina gonna be this year if you ask brenda freeze maryland's coach they might be better than they were last year that's her words and i'm not sure yet that she's wrong about that i I think they got a shot to be that i think we need to see it a little bit more before we really say that because last year's team outside of that iowa game was historic but that you, you use that word rebuild, and you brought that up last week too. I think this is an important thing to sort of understand about the college basketball landscape in this era of transfer movement and the, like we said, the deeper talent pool coming in uh, from youth and high school levels is that if you are a truly top tier coach, like you don't rebuild. If you go to a new program, you might have to rebuild them from where they were before you. But once you have an established program, like you don't rebuild, you just keep, you keep going. You keep, it doesn't matter who you lose on Staley prime example of that this year. Like you lose all the freshies, iconic class all goes to the WNBA. She just brings in Tahina pow, pow transfer. And like we said, doesn't have to sit out a year now because of the new transfer rules brings in Malaysia full Wiley who's popping off. And she's an elite player developer too. So you talk about other players like Raven Johnson, Bree Hall, 
you know, expanding their games and all of a sudden they're right back at the level they were anyway. So like, I, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I thought South Carolina was the best team coming in. And now I I think they might be, I think the AP poll might actually have that one. Right. But (laughs) I definitely also didn't think that they were going to like rebuild and just fall to like fourth in the SEC or anything crazy either. Cause it's not how elite coaches in college work, you know, it's especially Don Staley. Yeah, and like there's a lot of turnover in college, so it would make sense that you would just work at still being, you know, at a very high level. And I think also just like the depth of this team and just the way that Dawn has developed them over the last couple of years. Like now you have your seniors and, you know, uh, juniors. So I always have to remember the American language for third and fourth years because it's not like that in Canada at all. So I got to make sure I'm saying the right way. Wait, what do you call it in Canada? Well, I you just say like first year, second year, third year, fourth oh, year. Um, but we don't say like freshman, sophomore, and then I think junior and then senior. Like to me, junior just sounds wrong. Like that's like, sorry, that's like a completely different tangent. But like it just sounds wrong. It's a third year for me. I don't know why. Um, no, it's probably I, I feel you because junior is like when you're have the same name as your parent. And so... <laughs> right like so and so junior yeah which is anyway different (laughs) anyway um my point is that (laughs) she has developed them throughout the years that they've been there so now you have like camila cardoso getting sec player of the week like and the way that she's performed to start out the season like she's a really solid uh starter that they are relying on and so i think like it's really yeah you're you're right um in terms of that and, and that like good coaches are never really in that rebuilding stage um obviously depending on each situation but yeah that was a great win for south carolina i'm excited to see how they look like the rest of the season but i think and i kind of said this last week too what i really like about this team is that everybody knows their role and kind of fits in in a different part of the court that kind of makes them all work well together like you have the shooting you have the passing you have the size like you have the defense obviously so it's just like it's so many different parts of the puzzle that all fit together and i think that's what makes watching them so much fun and they added the last piece of that puzzle that they didn't have last year which is shooting and that's what bit them against iowa and that it's totally different now when you go down the list tahina pow pow like we talked about coming in shooting the lights out my laser for wiley can shoot brie hall was already kind of a shooter, but not getting the minutes, you know, behind some of those other players. And now obviously we're getting to see her shooting higher volume just because she's on the court a lot more. Raven Johnson never really was a shooter that she's one that Iowa really, really left open in that game. She's three for six this year. So maybe who knows? We'll see if that keeps up. If it does, I mean, that's just icing on the cake with all these other shooters at this point. I realized that I dropped the ball here. So I like I have in my notes that I was going to show this clip, but I didn't upload the clip. To the thing for you to put it in here which is i i like i did this other one for later but i didn't i don't know why i forgot this one but it was just like a clip from this game of um maryland basically guarding them in this zone the exact way that they guarded them last year which doesn't work anymore uh tahina pow pow and Bree hall in this clip both had were 20 feet from the nearest defender who because of the, all like four of the defenders were in the lane one of them was on the other side of the court these two are both wide open on, on the opposite side of the court you can't guard south carolina like that anymore they, they kicked it out. They found one of them and, and knocked it down. So I it, when you can't do that, like that's the only way really anyone had to beat them last year. I don't know. It's scary. Yeah, uh, that is scary. Maybe we'll put that clip up on socials for our 
for our Twitter followers. So go follow us on Twitter. Um, there we go. Oh, Lots of shameless promos today. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to the last one before we go to our games to watch. Uh, Indiana, Stanford. Uh, Stanford had a big statement win against them. And they go up to number six in the rankings, which I thought was really interesting considering watching the post-game uh, interview with Cameron Brink that the, that the broadcast did. They kind of asked her, and these kinds of questions, and this could be a conversation for another day, these kind of questions kind of irk me sometimes. Maybe it's just like a competitive thing in like American, North American sports culture, but like they were kind of just asking her, you know, Stanford was ranked, I think it was like, what, 15th in the poll to start the season, and how does it feel like how are people sleeping on this team and how does it feel to have been ranked that low blah 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 which like they were framing it in a way to kind of try to get a quote out of her that was like they should the people shouldn't disrespect this blah 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 but Cameron like answered it honestly very well she was like like my the previous iterations of this team we've always been ranked top five so this is just a new experience for us and she actually gave a really eloquent answer that unfortunately i do not have clipped but um i found that very interesting because like stanford was actually the first team that i actually truly started watching when it came to college women's basketball when they had their um when they had their run a few years ago and so i always have a special place in my heart for that team so that's why i'm so happy when lexi hall got drafted i mean i was surprised that she got drafted as high as she did but man has she like proven herself in the w now and uh yeah so like also a special place in my heart for cameron brink that's just like a separate aside but speaking of cameron brink her performance she finishes with 20 points 17 rebounds four blocks um which i know we've got one of them clipped which i will show up for wonderful youtube viewers here but cal what did you like from her performance we talked about you know the georgia amore versus caitlin clark guard match but this one was the big matchup with brink and mckenzie holmes who is the one getting blocked here in this clip and it really was not close it was i love mckenzie holmes she's gonna be fine this year i'm gonna put it up a third time for our youtube viewers. Put it, keep putting it up we'll, we'll just put this up <laughs> we just played on a loop uh, for 40 minutes, this matchup was not close. And Cameron Brink thoroughly, thoroughly dominated. And to be fair to Mackenzie Holmes, they sent doubles at her every time. So it wasn't just like she was getting beat one on one. And that clip she did. But uh, I think they actually put it up again. Let's put it up one more time. If I remember correctly, she spun away from a double, right? Uh, and basically Brink just met her at the peak, which there's not. Yeah, there's a double coming yeah. from the weak side. There's not very many players who are going to be able to make that play on Mackenzie Holmes the way Cameron Brink just did. She's getting that shot off 99 times out of 100. But against Cameron Brink, it wasn't happening. And I it was just so impressive. I think her draft stock was already obviously very high, and it, it skyrocketed in this game. Like, Mackenzie Holmes had deep position on her, too. That's the thing. That's what, what you teach with... One more time. Why not? One more time for me. I know. It's like the fifth time. Look at her. Pay attention, wins. kids. She's <laughs> in the charge arc. Like, that's such deep position. How often yeah. do you let an elite post scorer get that deep position and then just give them nothing still? You know, that I was so impressed. That's just a microcosm of the whole game for Cameron Brink. She dominated now. Indiana's not going to shoot five for 32 from three again. So there are some reasons for Indiana to maybe not. Uh, like we said with Tennessee, necessarily think like the sky is falling, like Indiana can still definitely have a great season. But this is all about Cameron Brink and Stanford, how they how they showed up to play. And 
it wasn't just Cameron Brink either. I know you got someone else in your notes. I'm going to tee you up. I know you always tee me up. So I, I have to tee you up this time. I know you can like see it in my eyes that I'm like waiting to say it. Um, but I, so I made a pun with one of the players on Stanford because you we're also going to talk. I know I will. We're also going to talk about, okay, I'm just going to say it first. Kiki, Iriafin, do you love me? <laughs> In brackets, I put. I saw that in your notes, name. and I was really hoping that you sung it on the pod. So I'm thank you for uh, blessing us. Thank you. That. Yeah, no, because I was I was gonna say we're also gonna talk about Drake later. So I figured I might you know put that in together as like a common theme. Um, yes. Yeah, it's okay. People hate my jokes. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I love you know. it. I'm. A, I love it. Who cares? But yeah, she finished think. also with 20 points, 11 rebounds. Just an incredible performance from her as well. Um, just watching her development has been fun too. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get that quick pun in there. Also, not a lot of people know this, but my nickname is actually Kiki because like when I was, oh, when my sister was a baby, she couldn't say my name. And so that's what she would call me. And that just like kind of stuck. So whenever I hear the song, I like personally think Drake is talking about me. But, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, so in a way, I don't know. I'm yeah. connected. It's fine. But yeah, no, great. Uh, this is so all over the place. But great win from Stanford. That's what over people are here Indiana. for. Yeah, they love That's what our people rambling. are here for. They love our rambling thoughts. Oh, wait, real quick before I know you're about to move on. We have to sh we have to give some love to Nunu Agara off the bench too. This front court we talked about. You know the starters Kiki and Brink. Nunu Agara, another freshman fire moment for her. I think was. A stud off the also bench. shout out Michaela Williams of LSU while yes. we're still oh, freshman fire. My goodness. We are recording this on Tuesday and they played earlier today and she yep. went off. Go watch that second half of Michaela Williams dominating. But I the, when you I you lose Haley Jones and some of these pieces and then you just have like Nuno Agara come in, like I don't know, Stanford's another one. They're not re Tara's not rebuilding. You know, like they don't Haley Jones is and great. She's tough. She runs a Stanford's tough gonna program. Stanford's going to be just fine. Yeah. They're always going to be at a very high level. Like, that's one of the things about Tara and Stanford. Like, they are always, always, always going to have that really tough mentality. Um, And I would never, ever want to count them out of anything. So, I like, I really admire the mentality of that team and just, you know, the, the pieces that they have overall. But, yeah, those were our three, our three games that we told you guys to watch last week. Those were our recaps. And now quickly before we end up the pod, we're going to give you three more games to watch over this next week. Um, first one being a team that we just kind of talked about a little bit, Maryland versus UConn on November 16. Um, two teams who are trying to get back into the win column, um, which is not something I thought I was going to say. I thought I was going to say maybe one of them was going to get at least into the, win, into the win column again, but both of them are going to be looking to get back into the win column on November 16. Uh, Cal, you got a prediction for this one of who's going to take it? I mean, I think, I feel like we're both leaning UConn, I assume. Yes. Maybe. I, I, or maybe we'll get another quote unquote upset. <laughs> Yeah, this is another one that would you would have to put in quotes, but I do lean UConn yeah. in this one. This is so interesting. Like you said, I mean, one of these teams is going to be on a two-game losing streak, which you don't see very often. Yeah, They played last year. Maryland won. Aaliyah Edwards had 25 points. Obviously, Paige Beckers missed the whole year, but AZ Fudd didn't play in that game. Nika Mule, who actually did play most of last year, didn't play in that game either. So this entire three-headed monster in the backcourt for UConn didn't play in that game. They're all going to play in this one. So totally different matchup, which I'm really excited to see. Because uh, UConn has generally been pretty stingy in transition defense uh, under Geno. Didn't really look like it against NC State. But Maryland obviously thrives in transition. So 
this is gonna be a fun matchup and yeah i would lean uconn as well but definitely anyone could win on the next one we have illinois versus notre dame on november 18 um has notre dame played since the paris game am i like tripping they have right they played njit new jersey institute of technology they won by lots of points i don't remember the number yeah okay i i i I remembered seeing that um but i wasn't completely sure i was like there's no way they had this much time off um ever since the paris trip so no that'll be that'll be fun to watch um i know you're looking forward to that one illinois did lose 71 67 to marquette on saturday so they lost a close one uh what are you expecting for this matchup yeah by the way illinois illinois marquette was one that actually was not really an upset and people called it an upset because illinois had a number by their name and marquette didn't but marquette was home illinois didn't have their best player you know i i i marquette was favored in this game there you I go. really hope extra nuance added context. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Speaking of Illinois best player, Makaira Cook. I don't know if she's going to play in this game or not. I really hope she does. Uh, I wish we could see Olivia Miles versus Makaira Cook, but obviously Olivia Miles out for a while. Even if we just get Makaira Cook back, that'll be huge for Illinois. She hasn't played yet this season. Uh, this the interesting thing about this game to me is uh, so little story about when Shauna Green uh, came on not this podcast, but the Her Hoop Stats podcast last year, Illinois coach. Uh, and last year, obviously, her first year at Illinois took them from 20 years of awfulness to the tournament right away. Usually it takes, that is when they you usually do have to rebuild, when that word actually applies, when you take over a program like that. But she didn't. She just took them to competitive immediately. And we asked her, like, how did, at what point did you know that was going to happen? At what point did you know? This team was going to be good from year one. It wasn't going to be a two, three, four-year rebuild. She said they had a closed-door scrimmage against Notre Dame preseason last year. And obviously, Notre Dame, one of the best teams in the country. Illinois team that won you know single-digit games a bunch of years in a row. And they competed. They competed hard against Notre Dame. And she said, before we even played any actual games, at that moment, I knew we are going to have something this year. And now we get to see it open doors. We all get to watch this matchup. So... Very excited to see Illinois versus Notre Dame. No matter who plays, really hope we get to see Makaira Cook, though. I love that story. That's great. Aw, I really like that. Oh, damn. I'm, like, all sitting here all, like, that was a heartwarming <laughs> story. <laughs> but last matchup to watch, uh, like I hinted at earlier, we were going to be talking about Drake. So Drake versus Iowa on November 19. It's always so funny to me when Cal puts games in the calendar and he's like, Korea, are you okay with talking about this? I'm like, yeah. Like, why would I say no? Um, <laughs> like, always down to talk about whichever game you'd like. But um, yeah, what did you want to say about this one and what you're kind of looking forward to? Yeah, so Cree wrote like ranked matchups and then we only had two. Illinois is not even ranked anymore, but we're at the time. Yeah, it's just like, do we have a third matchup? And I was like, okay, well, like Drake's not ranked, but this is they're getting a vote this week. They are getting a vote. Uh, This is still an amazing matchup. I love all the anyone who knows me knows how much I love all the Iowa matchups. Drake, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, it doesn't matter. Any of these teams play each other. It's electric. Yeah, I know Iowa just ran you and I out of the gym the other day. That rarely (laughs) happens in these matchups. At the same exact time that that was happening, though, Drake was busy putting it on Iowa State. They were up by like 20 at halftime, I think it was. Iowa State made a run. Drake still won pretty comfortably. This state loves girls and women's basketball. 
like all the way down, you know, youth levels more than any other state in the country as far as I know. And I love watching these matchups. Drake is their system is so hard to guard all the movement, all the duck ins. It's why they're able to beat power conference teams every year. They almost beat Louisville in the tournament last year. We talked about like those those off the dribble jumpers that Iowa wants you to take. They play that deep drop coverage to try to bait you into those. Like Drake is not going to do that. They're not going to fall for that. They took twelve off the dribble middies all of last year. Took twelve all of the year before. Like they don't even take one of those a game. And even if you combine those two, they still would have had less than anyone else in the country took just last year. Their last two years combined wow. are still it. So they're just not going to do it. They they play their way, and like Iowa's defense is not going to dictate that side of the floor. Drake's offense is going to dictate that side of the floor. So last year, this matchup went to overtime. Year before that, it got canceled, COVID. Year before that, it was a six-point game. So Caitlin Clark hasn't beaten Drake by more than two possessions yet in her career. I think this could what be a, a close game. <laughs> I, what a I also, to be clear, I thought you and I, Iowa, would be close, and it was not. So I was wrong. It is possible this is a blowout, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it again. I think Drake can hang. Um, Kalen Clark hasn't beaten Drake is a is an incredible statement. Um, By more than two possessions. No, I know, but I just mean because Drake and the pop singer and just like Ah, uh, I'm I'm gonna use it in a thumbnail. I know, I know. Sorry, I didn't go the I didn't go the intelligent route on that one. No, um, yeah, definitely a great one to take out of context and just just cut it off. And yeah, and just clip. We're gonna that use our clip art, there. our clip art yeah. skills to, to like promote that. the game. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> but where can we watch these three games? I'm assuming the first two might be on some kind of ESPN type of vibe. So this is actually the first time we've had none of these on ESPN networks. We get Maryland <gasps> UConn on FS1. I, I hope I hope you're able to watch these. I don't know how this works in Canada. Maryland, UConn is on FS1. Iowa Drake is on FS1, Fox Sports 1. And Illinois, Notre Dame is on NBC. Do you, Are you able to watch any of those? I'll be able to watch the NBC one. I have to figure out the other ones. I might have to stick to just watching the highlights after. Um, because like my, so my IPT, like if you guys listened to the episode last week, uh, you probably found out how I watch college basketball games in Canada, which is through my very trusty IPTV. So I can normally get like most of the American TV networks, but if it's on some like really random, like plus, network that's like in addition to whatever i probably can't get it like for example today for the lsu or on tuesday i should say the lsu game was on sec plus and i could get sec but i can't get sec plus so i had to stick to watching it afterwards um which isn't always fun but you know we make it work we make it work um you should check you should check if your if your thing gets fs1 it's possible because there's no i'll check i might i might yeah i it might we'll figure it out i always do um fingers crossed it's been yeah it's been interesting playing this like college basketball roulette type vibes (laughs) with me trying to catch games um but you know like i love basketball and if you love basketball you will always find a way especially as like somebody who watches tennis too i will always find a way to watch uh to watch sports um however i can I love but that. i love yeah. that quote That's a great quote <laughs> there's you a love lot of basketball great you will always find a way amen yeah 
Amen. Um, all right. I think that's a great way to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, make sure that you come back next Wednesday as we go coast to coast, but make sure you are in tapped in with her hoop stats all week. Uh, find us on social media at her hoop stats. Find myself at Krina MM, Brian Calvin at C Wetzel 31. Um, for all you lovely podcast listeners, please subscribe to us on YouTube as well because you can experience uh, the magic of the chemistry between Calvin and I and the fun that we get into every single week. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, also make sure to subscribe to audio in case you want to listen on your way to work or somewhere else that you can't really watch video on. So, But we appreciate the like all the support. I'm going to try to point to the like button. Where Let's do you think the like, the button, like is? button I have no idea. I think I'm going to guess. Maybe it's right here. Oh, it's probably you. Yeah. Let us know if, if we got it right or hit, if we look like that. idiots. Yeah. Hit <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Coast to Coast, and we will see you next week.